quick heads up before we jump in. I have opened up a few slots for one-on-one coaching. So here's the deal. You can now book a 60-minute breakthrough session with me and together we will dive deep into your personal and specific goals and challenges. You get to choose the topic and I will guide you through creating a practical action plan that you can carry forward after our session. And here's a little something extra. I am offering a bonus. It is a full week of unlimited text and email support after your session just to tackle any follow-up questions that you may have. It's like having me in your back pocket for whenever you need it. This bonus is a limited time offer, meaning that this particular perk will soon be phased out. If this sounds like something that you would be interested in, you will find the link to schedule a breakthrough session at the bottom of the show notes. All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Mindful Balance mini podcast. If you are a woman over 40, ready to break free from fad diets and discover the power of balance and confidence in your life, then this podcast is for you. And I am so happy that you are here. I'm your host. I'm Rachel, a nutrition and mindset coach, and I'm going to break down everything you need to know into bite-sized pieces of sustainable and realistic tips. I want to invite you to join me as we explore practical strategies to stop overeating, nourish your body, and use the potential of your amazing brain to achieve your goals. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode filled with insights on nutrition, mindset, and building healthy habits. Hey, thank you for being here. This morning, I realized that it is that time of year that I need to go get the flu shot. Now, without getting too much into the discussion about whether or not it is a good or a bad idea, I will just say that needles and I aren't a good mix. It usually means that someone in the room has to lay flat and it isn't the nurse. Anyways, I am not going for my appointment until the weekend. So I decided in the meantime that I am just not going to think about it too much because from experience, I know that it will only make me more anxious. And guess what? All I've been able to think about today is having to get the flu shot. The point is that if you have ever noticed how the more you try not to think about something, the more it occupies your thoughts, then stick around because today's episode is about this well-documented psychological phenomenon and how it has a surprising amount to do with how we approach food and dieting. 
Now, I don't know where this episode catches you. Maybe you're in the car, walking, or just doing other things. But if you can imagine being told not to think about a pink elephant, literally take just a few seconds and try not to think about a pink elephant. For most people, <laughs> that pink elephant is all you can think about right now. This is a classic example that is used by psychologists to explain the concept of thought suppression. This concept illustrates how our attempts to push certain thoughts away can often bring them to the forefront of our minds. Now, let's apply this to food. When we label certain foods as off-limits, they often become the most tempting thing ever. So why is that? To understand this, I want you to try and look at it from another angle. Think about a time when you were dieting or simply maybe trying to avoid certain foods. Did you find yourself thinking about that food even more often than usual? If you ever been in that situation, I know that it is tempting to think that this is happening because you don't have enough willpower or maybe because you are too weak. If this is you, I want you to hear this. It has nothing to do with willpower. It is actually a natural reaction of your brain. Let's consider this from another perspective. I want you to realize that this explains not just the foods that we're trying to avoid, but also how this thought process impacts your relationship with food in general. When we are constantly categorizing food into good and bad, our entire mental space becomes a war zone of what we should and shouldn't eat. This is really exhausting and ironically, it in most cases lead us to obsess even more about the very thing we are trying to avoid. In today's episode, we are going to explore why our brains react this way and what this means for our eating habits and dieting efforts. I want to share with you the research and studies that explain this phenomenon and challenge some common dieting myths that I hear about a lot. So first thing first, I want to get back to the pink elephant analogy from earlier because it is the perfect place to start. This experiment, when people are asked not to think about something, is often cited in psychological studies. It perfectly explains the paradox of thought suppression. The more we try not to think about something, the more it dominates our thoughts. This concept was extensively studied by psychologist Daniel Wegner, among other people. 
Wegner's research revealed that when we try to suppress certain thoughts, especially under stress or distraction, these thoughts come back with even greater intensity. Wegner called it white bear experiment, but it works similarly to the pink elephant analogy that we've been using. Participants in his study were asked to not think about a white bear for a certain period. Then they were told that they could think about the bear afterwards. So the results were that during the time the participants were supposed to avoid thinking about the bear, they thought about it a lot. (laughs) Even more interesting was that once they were allowed to think about the bear, they thought about it even more frequently than before the experiment began. Applying this to dieting, when people try not to think about certain foods, like how participants try not to think about the white bear, they might end up thinking about those foods even more. And when they finally allow themselves to eat or to think about those foods, their cravings and thoughts about the food can become even more intense. And I want you to really reflect on times when you've tried to avoid certain foods and likely thought about them even more because this is the brain's natural reaction to suppression. We inevitably make food more present in our mind because in order to make sure we're not thinking about something, we need to use mental space in our brain, which creates us thinking about it even more. This can explain why diets that are focused on restriction can often lead to an increased obsession with food. Moving on, let's dive deeper into the relationship between dieting and food, quote unquote, obsession basically thinking about food a lot. I am sure that it will not come as a surprise to you that many studies have shown that the psychological effect of dieting can be profound. Restrictive diets, which is when certain foods are labeled as bad or completely are considered off-limits, can lead to an increased desire for these food. It's a bit like the forbidden fruit, where the more we're told that we can't have something, the more we want it. In the context of dieting, forbidden foods become not just a physical craving, but a psychological mental gymnastic, which then creates a cycle of craving, restriction, and obsession that is so, so hard to break. Okay, moving on. There is one more psychological concept that plays a significant role in how we approach dieting and eating, and that is cognitive dissonance. 
Now, please don't run away. It is a really straightforward idea. This is when our beliefs, our thoughts, or behaviors are in conflict with one another. This conflict creates a kind of mental discomfort or tension, which we naturally try to reduce or resolve. To understand this, let's take a common scenario. On one hand, you might hold a belief that enjoying food and having fun food occasionally is part of a healthy, balanced life. On the other hand, you might also believe that to be healthy or to lose weight, you need to restrict your food intake or strictly control your diet and avoid certain foods. These conflicting beliefs can create discomfort or confusion and even sometimes frustration like what am I supposed to do? I don't know what is right and what is wrong. Imagine a friend of yours who starts a new diet. I know we all have that friend that is always on the latest diet. She believes that her diet will lead to health and happiness as promised by all the marketing messages. However, as she follows the diet, she finds herself constantly thinking about the food that she's not allowed to eat. She feels guilty when she does eat it, and yet she feels deprived when she follows her diet. This is what cognitive dissonance is in action. Her behavior, which is restrictive eating, is at odds with her belief that enjoying food is part of a healthy diet or a healthy life. Another real life example could be a woman who feels really proud of herself for being self-disciplined and have the ability to stick to a diet. However, she finds herself binging, let's say, on snacks late at night. This behavior conflicts with her self-image and her beliefs about discipline and herself, leading to feelings of shame and further reinforcing her food thoughts. At this point, I am convinced that at least one of you is like, I know that diets don't work. I get it. But there is no alternative. This is exactly what I want you to challenge. One of the biggest lies of diet culture is that extreme calorie restriction is the most effective way to lose weight. So much that I talk with clients who are completely scared of letting go of their diet rules because it is the only thing that they know and it gives them a false sense of control. And I get it. So many of us have been practicing these behaviors for so long. I'm going to give you a few examples. When I'm talking about diet rules, it's things like believing that you can eat after 7 p.m. 
or that eating carbs make you gain weight or thinking that you always have to choose the sugar-free, low-fat ice cream. There's so many examples of that and I know it can feel super scary and uncomfortable, but it is so vital for you to step back and reevaluate these dieting narratives by understanding the science behind weight management and how your brain works you can really make more informed choices that support your long-term health and your well-being Yes, some of these strategies may be effective for short-term weight loss, but they often aren't sustainable or even necessary in the long term. And the most frustrating part, they can also lead to an unhealthy relationship with food and eating, and we are trying to walk away exactly from that. As we wrap up the conversation about what food and pink elephants have in common, I hope that you've gained a better understanding of the complex relationship between your brain and your eating habits. I want you to remember that the goal of today's discussion was not to provide you with this one-size-fits-all solution, but more to encourage a deeper self-reflection about your relationship with food and dieting. Sometimes the strategies that we use with the best intentions can lead us down a path that we don't love. So thank you so much for joining me today. Knowledge is power. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with friends or anyone you believe that could benefit from this discussion. And please connect with me on social media if you haven't yet. Until next time, this is Rachel. Lots of love and courage. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Balance podcast today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and find inspiration to find your unique balance and confidence. Remember that the journey continues on Instagram. You can find me at Rachel Emma Nutrition. That is one word where I share daily nuggets of wisdom to help you reach your goals with ease. If you loved today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback fuels our mission to empower more women on their mindful balance journey. Until next time, take care and stay mindful. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Mindful Balance. The Mindful Balance is brought to you by Rachel Emma Nutrition. Our editing and mixing engineer is Michael Cloner. Our theme song is Good Feelings by Bold Gleasons. The information in this podcast does not substitute for medical or psychological advice and is intended for educational purposes only. Please consult a qualified health professional regarding health conditions or concerns before starting a new diet or health program. Rachel Emma Nutrition LLC and accompanying websites and social media platforms are not responsible for adverse reactions, effects, or consequences resulting from the use of any suggestions herein or procedures undertaken hereafter.